Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Nobody's Listening to This Music Podcast podcast. I'm Andrew. And I'm Eric. And today we're talking about, in her own words, we're talking about the album Unfamiliar. Mm-hmm. Now, this album sounds like it came out three years too late, possibly. Yeah, you think? I could see. Yeah. Okay, I agree with that. Because this is, I feel like this falls into the the category of like the sad boy pop punk thing. Yeah. And uh, it came out in 2016, where the heyday of that like mm-hmm. uh, genre was like 2013. That's when everybody was like really popping off. Yeah. That's like an interesting thing to say, where like I, I pretty much fully agree with that statement. And like, I feel like I, I say it a lot on the show that a lot of times I'm kind of late to the party with, with a lot of music. Yep. Like, and I think a good, you know, like a lot of that stuff I was listening to, well, you know, 20, 2012, 2013, stuff like that. But yeah, at this point, like I wrote in my notes, like this is very much what this came out in 2016. And this is like, if I found this then, I'd be all over it all the time. Like this is what I was fully listening to like right. that year. But also I wrote that I, I talk about neck deep all the time. Eventually we'll have to do a neck deep episode. What, whether you you're familiar with them or not. But, I'm a like, little bit familiar, like not super yeah. like, yeah. But, um, this made me think of like early neck deep, which was like 2012. So like, it's like derivative of that. But four years later, so yeah, it is kind of like this. Uh, so a little backstory on in her own words. Mm-hmm. So they've tried to wipe the internet of okay. what I'm what I'm about to say. Okay. In like 2012, 13, they were a band, yeah. but they were mm-hmm. like an easy core band. Mm. They were doing like the super corny, like chunk no Captain Chunk, like. Mm. bouncy metalcore pop punk thing uh-huh and then they got like they like lost their vocalist a guitar a guitarist left and they got mm. the singer that's on this record and completely changed their sound that's funny and then wiped the internet clean uh-huh. of any traces of what they were that's funny but just so kind of happened to keep the name Right, and then you just can't find any of it because I was I was swearing up and down to Zach the other day. I was like, mm-hmm. "No, they were like an easy core band. Like, like they were doing like a trying to do like a four year strong thing. Like they had some uh-huh. screams and some songs." And he was like, "Oh, really? Because none of that's on any streaming platform." And he like that's funny. Like he was calling me out a little. Uh huh. Yeah. Like <laughs> like funny. I was lying or something. Uh huh. So I started looking, and then I was like, "Oh, I must have just had it wrong. Like I must have been wrong." And then right. I found a tour video of them in Japan in, like, 2012. Ah. And then they are playing just, like, chuggy breakdowns. And I'm like, see? Uh-huh. I fucking told you. That's funny, dude. And, uh, yeah, but uh, whatever. They got mm-hmm. a new singer. They were like, yep. we're going to try something else. And I think it was for the better. Because their stuff before this was, like mediocre at best Uh uh-huh i feel like that type of stuff too the way you're describing it i haven't heard it but it's like you know and obviously at whatever time i'm something's coming out is going to be like 
you know, something that people are into around that time too. But I feel like that stuff got like very stuck in like a couple years and like it's tough to to carry that forward and to continue liking that sort of thing. Right. Where this seems like a little bit more universal. Yeah. The like the whole easy core thing, if you were doing yeah. it in like two thousand nine through ten, you were uh-huh. like A okay. Like it wasn't corny, it was cool. Yeah. You did it any longer after that? Yeah. It starts to get like a little a little corny, little like mm-hmm. a derivative, like yeah it seems like you're like okay we've seen it it's done like hang it up the only band that's ever had longevity doing it is four years strong Uh uh-huh they yeah and even that like surprises me how much like when they put out something new i'm still like oh this is cool right but it's absolutely just an easy core thing it's just like a like a chuggy goofy pop punk breakdown Uh uh-huh like brain pain Come yeah, on, yeah. man. <laughs> Me and Zach were, like, waiting for that record to come out. We were listening to it on the way to work, like, every day. Like, this is going to uh-huh. be the record of the century. Yep. And then it was, like, he well, he was convinced. And then I was, like, oh, no, it could be, like, for sure. Like, I really hope it is. And then, uh-huh. but I'm, like, this is how Four Year Strong albums happen. They release three singles, and it, it sounds like it's going to be a record that's going to change the world. Mm-hmm. And the rest of the record's filler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's sort of kind of what happened, but there was like a few more good songs on there that people were We should really do an digging. episode about that one soon. I, I still don't listen to the whole thing, but I really like their album. Yeah, but I listened to, or obviously, or not obviously, but I enjoyed their last album, the 2015 one. I haven't really dove into that a lot, but anyways, mm-hmm. we're here to talk about In Her Own Words. So we are. I discovered this band a long time ago, in like 2012, like I said, when they were an Easycore band. Right. And then I remember them, I was like, oh, this is like pretty cool, because, you know, truth be told, I was into that heavily yeah. for a while. Right, for that, sure. That was like for my sure. that was my jam. Uh-huh. And then I just kind of like fell out of it. And then I found them again when they put out mm-hmm. the album before this. And I was like, oh, this is like pretty interesting. But still, I was like... Ain't for me. Don't care. Yeah. Uh huh. Um, and then they put out this record, and it was um, what song was it? Silver Lights, I think. I saw yeah. the the music video for it, and the chorus in that song just hits. And I was yeah. like, "This is like right up my alley." For anybody that's been listening to the podcast for any amount of time, uh huh. You you know that your entire song could be ass and if the chorus is like very good Uh you're my favorite band yeah never mind if there's like a cool chuggy part before the bridge in that one too forget about it right like i could i couldn't care less Uh uh-huh if Um, like one thing i one thing i was thinking too is like this reminded me of like or made me think of like a, a pop punk counterparts oh that's interesting yeah, with like, I think maybe maybe a little bit of like tones and like just the kind of the kind of leads that they're playing and like the speed of drumming and stuff, you know? Yeah, it's very uh, what's indicative of like where they came from. Yeah, like 
a right. lot of some of the stuff is like a little bit of a carryover. Like the riffs are still like a little metally. Yeah, but totally. um, the one big thing on this record that sold me on the entire record, and I think I said it when I gave it to you, and uh-huh. it's the bass tone. Yeah, the bass tone <laughs> on this record is just like so sick. Totally, I I, if, I did notice that. If we're on the same song right now, uh, mm-hmm. right in about a couple of seconds, you can it really shows through. Um, but it's just so slinky. <laughs> right. It's so. I think that's mostly what made me think the production of this record is just fantastic. Yeah. You can hear, it doesn't matter when they're playing, the bass cuts through. Uh-huh. You it's can like, like that hear the bass player. Kind of like... Right. <laughs> yeah, the mid-scoop, but like still like a crazy sub on it. Yeah. And like, it's filling in like the right gap. Yeah. I think it also helps that this... The guitar player for this band is playing a single coil strat, as far as I know, for like mm-hmm. all of the guitar parts, which is like a really thin sounding guitar. Everybody knows that. Right. Uh-huh. But I think that using that left a lot of room for um, uh, like a really thick bass tone to just like kind of creep through and like totally. fill that space. Yeah, I was trying to look at like gear stuff. I, uh, I actually found, so I was watching that uh, Silver Lights video. Yep. Um, and yeah, it looks like the bass player is playing like, like a P bass with like a maple neck. Um, and then one guitarist was playing like, in that video at least, it's it's not a Fender, but it was like a Mustangy Strat looking kind of copy thing. Right. But it looks like now he plays, he just plays a Strat. Um, and there's also some like pedal, uh, uh, like did I already say I found like an Instagram post of their instruments or did I? No, I you were just that? saying that you were watching the music video. Gotcha. So I also found an Instagram post uh, from December 2018. So who knows how accurate it is now? But like, just like a bunch of gear shots, and it looks like it looks like in this post the bass player is playing like a, a Fender Jazz. Uh, one guitarist is playing a Strat the other one's playing a Les Paul which I feel like is just like a good you know right fill in a good lay of yeah totally like rhythm guitar playing a Les Paul lead lead guitar playing a Strat Um, and then like they have some cool pedals they have like a I feel like I've tried to show you their videos and their pedals a lot of times old blood noise endeavors are you familiar with no I don't think so they're kind of a cool like boutique type um pedal company and so they're playing like one of their pedals called the fault which i they they have like all sorts of like reverb plus chorus plus delay like combo deal like combo pedals yeah but like it feels weird to call it a multi-effects pedal because i feel like when you say that you think of like a cheap kind of like immediately you think of like some chinese piece of shit yeah, some, but it's like some like Digitech piece of plastic from 1991. Exactly, but like just the most like uh, cool version of what a multi-effect thing is. Right. Yeah, they're playing stuff like that, like some Fender amps and stuff. Yeah, this album reads to me as 
like, I know I always say it, but I think it's because it's what all of these records are recorded on. I think it's just Marshall cabs. Marshall cabs and Marshall heads. I feel like I always say it, but I feel like all of these records are recorded on Marshalls, but then when you think about it, it's just like a uh, like an industry standard. And then like yeah, the bass for sure. Every record since 1980 whatever has been recorded on an SVT with a Sansant. Like that's how uh-huh. bass is recorded. And right. you get to take your yeah, you totally. take like your liberties with drums. I feel like a lot of times I see like people talking about like like a gear talk page on Facebook like what like what do you guys think of Kemper's like like would you record on that would you play on that and it's like I feel like like because that's like the you know amp modeling and stuff like that and like I feel like even myself like I really like the idea of like you know tube amps and you know you you pick your sound and you really like test different stuff but it's like yeah, it's kind of like it seems like recording for the most part, especially with a band like this, is like a very standardized kind of like, you know, right. just exactly what you described. Like, kind oh, of, yeah. All right, this works. So let's use this. And then live, you know, who knows, whatever you feel like playing, whatever you actually own. But like, also saying, yeah, if that it, if it ain't broke, don't fix it thing. And I think, I think that the setup you described is pretty standard. Also saying that these guys recorded this on a Marshall, I do not mean that it was a tube amp in a room with a cab. Yeah. I very much mean that it was a Kemper profile. (laughs) Like, Uh because they recorded this with In Vogue Records and probably got like $1,000 to record it. Of course, it was all recorded with amp modeling stuff. Uh Uh-huh. Amp modeling on albums is indistinguishable from real guitar now. You can't tell. I was thinking of that the other day too, and it's like when you record, especially something like this. Like, I think it gets different when when you know you're crossing over genres, and maybe like you know, for example, like Post Animal last week. Like, maybe they're playing more like two amps in a live room, kind of, or like Pine Grove, like we were talking about. That's probably like live recording and stuff. Right. But like a band like this, it's like you're getting such a sterile guitar sound, and that's like the goal. So when you're like you know yeah it basically makes more sense to just to line in to track and then like model an amp to reamp kind of thing like you your right. goal is such a sterile sound that it's like it almost wouldn't make sense to you know or it's not worth the trouble at this level to like you know mic off an amp in a room kind of thing speaking of the recording process uh i've been taking like under overs on how real the piano and silver lights is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, is that a really good VST? Or uh-huh. is that a really bad piano? Right, that's a good that's a good I I'm leaning toward a VST. I see and I was there, right? I was I was uh-huh. with you. I was like, this is probably just like it, all the notes were clicked in. Mm-hmm. But then when you think about it, right? It the piano sounds like just bad enough mm. where like it could be a real piano. Yeah. Like it's a kind of it's like a little bit out of tune. Yeah, it kind of is, huh? There's just a little Do you think I'm I'm picturing like a stand one of those stand up against the wall kind yeah. of pianos like in somebody's in hallway. Yeah. That's I think this is what I think. You know the music video for Silverlights? 
Yeah. I think that music video was filmed at one of those guys' houses, and they had uh-huh. an upright. And when they were recording the piano for this song, they recorded uh-huh. it on that piano. I believe it. I think it's. I think I've been leaning more towards. It's like you know the mic, that, the sure mic that they use for kicks. I think it's like a like a five zero something. Mm-hmm. I bet they put one of those by the soundboard and put an SM57 up by the strings, and sure. like, and that's how they did it. I buy it, but I could be completely wrong, and that could be a VST. Yeah, I I feel like anything that we just said in the last fifteen minutes about gear could also just be fully incorrect. Correct. Yeah, it it, it very well could just be the drums on this album could even just be. Fake. Could be. Who knows? I don't. I sure as hell don't. Well, hey, guess what? Guess what time it is? Hey, what? <clears throat> is it time for the Wikipedia, Wikipedia part? part? So, for anybody that doesn't know about this section of our podcast, uh, this is mm-hmm. the part where we get uh, really, really, really lazy, right? And. <laughs> Um, we kind of run out of stuff that we actually thought about the album. We've pretty much said all there is to say. So what we do is, we for 20 minutes, we just uh, read off the band's uh, Wikipedia page. Uh-huh. Uh, as like a, a lazy way to get around some stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. But here's a fun thing. So yeah. their first full-length album was released on Iced Grills. Do you remember Iced Grills? I do. I, I still follow them on Instagram and stuff. It, they're like a they're like a Japanese label, right? That's like a Japanese thing. Yeah, and like, I feel like it's like super cool. Like, I feel like they're really cool. Where like, they like bring. O- I think it's kind of like one guy that runs it, and he'll just like bring over like cool bands to do like small tours, like play a couple shows in Japan, and like. Uh, yeah, it just seems like a cool guy. I would agree. Um, and then, so in 2016, they signed to In Vogue Records. Now, uh huh. I got some real gripes with In Vogue Records. Okay. I feel like every band that's ever been on that record either does it themselves and makes themselves huge by writing great albums mm-hmm. or has the potential to be really good and In Vogue's, like, pulls all the funding Mm, that sounds bad (laughs) because like they just like in vogue records does not help their band okay for example a big example here is i the mighty Uh i the mighty is an incredible band a lot of people Mm -hmm. know who they are um but it seems like they have no label backing they're Mm. not like touring doing like big shows like i know their vocalist still has like a part-time job when he's home that's that's insane for the vocalist to have the part-time job, you know, it's one thing for the ba- the bass player or the drummer to have a part-time job, but you're thinking vocalist, you, you know, they're they're taking the big check. They're they're uh, you know. right. So another instance of this happening is in her own words. So this record is produced flawlessly. I think mm-hmm. it's tight. Uh, it was engineered good. All the sounds sound good, you know? Like, guitar yep. sound good, bass sound good, drum sounds good, vocal sound good. The record right after this sounds yeah. like I recorded it. 
You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this record maybe didn't do as great as it could have possibly done. Yeah. And then Invogue Records was like, yeah, well, we signed you for a two record deal, so we paid for the first one to get made. Uh, you know, fucking uh-huh. gave him the middle finger and we're like, figure it out for the next one. Right. You were not paying for it. That's um, funny. So even on their Wikipedia page, right? Mm-hmm. If you go to their discography and look at yep. their discography, maybe Brand New Me, that EP, is still Easy Core stuff, but like, it's white. Yeah, yeah like, I, no- I, I did notice that. It's like they don't want you to know who they are. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that's... Because it's not even like a demo or anything, and they have other... They do have other... Yeah, they have one of those EPs up on up on Spotify. A Cu- couple of them, actually, so... Yeah. Um, Have you seen them live? Um, No, I've been trying to, but I, every time they're coming around, they're not with anybody good enough to just, like... Mm. want to go see yeah um, um it seems like they're a little bit bigger than this than this thought i had but to me they sound like a band that like would kind like would kind of just come through and like headline basically a local show and you're like oh yeah sure touring band from oh where they, like you know where it says like where they're from on the flyer and stuff because yeah. they're not big enough that you'd actually just know but then you then you hear them and you're like Oh wow, this band's actually really good. Like I feel like they're that level of band. Like I know I've flexed this like a couple of times, but I saw Broadside uh-huh. before they were yeah, big. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. And I had the exact same reaction when I was watching them live. Yeah. Because yeah, I was so totally. used to seeing so many shitty bands mm-hmm. uh, that they played and I was like, oh, weird. Yeah. Like this like is- one of those like, wow, they're so tight and they're really loud, but like also like just good and like practiced and like right like they like they're tight and it's just you're like oh i might buy a t-shirt from these guys yeah yeah like oh i think i have to actually right i got a sticker for free from broadside because i I was working at the venue at the time Uh uh-huh and then uh yeah i kind of forgot about them yeah and then they put out coffee talk or whatever and then it like kind of blew up a little bit and then they're still uh-huh. like i want to say they're probably kind of a... they're probably signed to invogue records too because they got given up on <laughs> uh-huh i feel like also like just the timing of of everything you're saying too like and i was kind of thinking of it thinking of it when you first said like this record came out like three years too late kind of thing like there's like the kind of I, I hate that I'm now I'm, I'm just adopting it as the same as you are, but the sad boy pop punk thing, like, yep. I remember in like 2014 or 2015, I was listening to a podcast with one of the guys from handguns and he was like, oh yeah, well, like, it sounds like people think like, you know, pop punk's really dying and it's like, no, like handguns just taking a break, man overboard's just taking a break. Like, it's fine. Like, you know, we're all still active. And then like within the next year or two, like all of those bands broke up or stopped playing or stopped mattering like kind of just became irrelevant and like people started playing different stuff and like like i feel like state champs is still big and like you know like wonder years next deep story so far like they're all still active but it's like a much different thing like it's uh you know not as much of a commodity anymore warp tour died 
fully. Yeah, Warp Tour is dead. Yeah, it's over. Like, yeah, they it, they were trying to say things like, yeah, no, it's not like dead. It's gonna be like a regional thing. It's fucking dead. Yeah, the no, spirit of it is like not like a regional. Like it doesn't work as like a, uh, I don't know, like a Reading and Leeds. Like it's not like a once a year like big weekend kind of like festival. It's like it's those bands just tour. Like that's the cool thing of it is like. The tour, the the travel, the, you know. Right. I don't know. To me, so, at least. To follow up what I said earlier about Broadside, it's actually mm-hmm. definitely not their fault. They're signed to Victory. Okay. Who got bought by, like, Capital, I think. Yeah. So they, uh, they might have just got lost in the shuffle. I feel like a lot of bands that have, like, songs written about their labels being terrible to them are on victory records yeah that was uh who the who did that um like was, data remember i think is who i'm thinking of specifically right now at least yeah data remember absolutely trashed their uh victory as a label but they were f- i feel like that's how they got big was on like downfall of us all which i think is just about like you know selling out and signing to a big label but that's like that's how I know them, like that album, that song, you know what I mean? Kind of ironic. Yeah. Um I know that uh who the fuck was I thinking of? Uh Memphis Mayfire. I think Memphis Mayfire okay. yeah, yeah. was signed to Victory and Victory like fucked them over. And Very similar vibe. <laughs> and also, they, yeah, same same thing. They signed to like Fearless or something, and that whole like the Sinner mm-hmm. record is written about yeah. Victory Records. <laughs> this one's called the Sinner. This one's called the Sinner, and it's then off like our new record, the Victim. Jesus Christ. Uh huh. <laughs> and they're like, no, 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 no it's not about That's Victory funny. Records. It's about a bad relationship. And they, but like 10 times on the record, they say something about somebody being money hungry. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, you know, oh, it's I, funny too, that, oh, yeah. that like same sentiment, like, um, when Paramore, I think I, th- I think I talked about this a couple, a while ago on the show too, but like when Paramore put out their newest album and it like, I was like, oh man, this like sounds like a breakup album, but like she's happily married to Chad Gilbert from Newfound Glory. And then like. A couple weeks after the album came out, they like put out a statement saying they were divorced, and I was like, "Oh, it really just was a breakup record." Like, because <laughs> at first I was like, "Oh, this must be about like, you know, losing band members and stuff like that, and like losing friends and things." But like, yep. nah, it's a divorce album. How about that one time that they uh, that Josh Farrell wrote all the songs on Brand New Eyes? And then mm-hmm. was like, are you ready to put lyrics to these? And she was like, yeah. And then they were all, fuck you, Josh Farrow. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Like, what the fuck, man? Yeah. And like, it's like, no, it's his fault that he left. And no, he's getting verbally abused every night for like an hour at least. That's hilarious. The dude. whole record's written about him being shitty. Uh-huh. Have you... Did you listen to um, Haley Williams' solo songs yet? Yeah. Uh, she says she gets so close to saying uh, the C word in one of them, I think. Oh, yeah. 
I, uh, I only listened to the first one, but I'll, I'll have to <laughs> I'll have to d- dive in and, and try uh, to find it's that. In, it's in Simmer. Okay. She says, uh, oh, she says control. Oh. <laughs> but the her enunciation on C-O-N, uh-huh. it, and like the space in between that and troll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, whoa. What'd she say? Like, uh-huh. she said it, and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> Gee, Haley. <laughs> and, then it, and then it was control, and I was like, oh, I just... That's funny. I'm just insensitive that I think that she's saying that. I guess. Well, you know, as a as a as a powerful woman, she can she can Ugh. say whatever she wants. I guess. Still there. Um, sorry. One second. My head. My Frozen. Headphones cool. Just died. Uh, gonna be an episode to edit here for sure. Also, you're frozen, so that's cool too. We're back. So, uh, we are back. My my headphones died. Oh, is that what happened? Yeah. And Lame. it just. Lame. Yeah, everything kind of just shut off. So hopefully my my, I took the headphones from my mixing board. So hopefully my mic sounds good still. I'm just not gonna touch it. Probably be fine. Um, yeah. What was I saying? I was saying a thing about uh, Josh Farrow, and then... I said, oh, but as a um, as a powerful woman, Haley can choose to say the C word whenever she wants it. That's very true. Yeah. I feel like that's fine. Yeah. Uh, you know, you run into the, uh, the issue of... Uh, the what's the the seesaw of like taking power out of the word and mm. uh, normalizing? Ah, yes. So there's <laughs> like a- specifically, I think even with Paramore, a good example of that is Misery Business. Yeah, where like I feel like for maybe for a little bit that seemed like all right, yeah, like own it. But now they like just don't play that song anymore. Right? Yeah, they don't play it anymore. Yeah, it's a little it is, um, toxic. It is a little toxic, yeah. <laughs> I think I saw it for one of the last times, though. Uh, a couple years ago, when they came here. Dope. Yeah. Um, in her own words, though, you know? Yeah, but back to in her own words. Uh, we're getting towards the end of the album, uh, mm-hmm. but we're probably not going to be done talking about it. Um, yeah. One thing that this guy does really well is uh, vocal melodies. I really enjoy a lot of the vocal melodies on here. It's yeah. like a step above what Parker Cannon does. Mm-hmm. Like Parker Cannon sings with three notes and this guy sings with uh-huh. five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was also going to uh, point out that I like how he just gives up on melodies every once in a while. Like he kind of does, almost similar to Parker Cannon where like he'll just kind of you know, if he's about to like jump out of his range, then he'll just fry it and right, just scream like, it, yell it. But like, it's even like like a worse kind of version of that. He's like doing more melody, and then he fries it like harder. Yeah. Um. The end of this song, cut and dry, with the bass part, it's like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Killer. Uh huh. Very good. 
and like the harmonies and like the goofy guitar parts under it. Mm-hmm. This album has just does a lot of that. Yeah, that I totally. really enjoy. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, like they have a lot of a lot of pre-choruses and a lot of post-choruses that don't repeat again. Mm. And yeah, for yeah, whatever yeah. reason, I don't know why, I just equate that with like good songwriting. Yeah. It's just like like oh, you have the creativity to come up with this like swelling part that's never going to happen again. Right, like you're not just copy-pasting like okay, I wrote a chorus, I guess I'll write a verse and then I need like a bridge and like I'll just keep playing those parts until we hit three and a half minutes. Yeah, it's definitely like these guys all... Like, these songs are written together. There's no way one guy is, like, pumping this into a computer. Maybe he does, like, all of it, right? Writes Uh the song and then brings it and then they extrapolate on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, I think, like, the best way to write music. Yeah, I think so. Is to, like, have a finished idea. Uh Uh-huh. Not like a riff idea, but like a finished like chorus verse, and then, yeah, like an arc of a song, right? And then bring that into a room and like figure it out. Yeah, fill it in and add stuff or change stuff, but but there's a full thought there already. Yeah, which you can tell because a lot of these choruses are like so like hooky and like poppy, but in a good way. Mm-hmm. Um. A couple other notes I have are, I feel like you'd write Reverie, which was track eight. It just made me think of like something I've, I've, that you've showed me before that you wrote. Uh, you might be thinking that because I showed you that song when it was on the record before this. Okay. <laughs> That'll do it. Um, and, and then one, that song one other th- also has the, uh, like the thing where you play like a D like a D chord uh-huh. and then like just yeah, kind of yeah. jangle it. Mm-hmm. And I completely lifted that and put it in one of my songs once. Oh, okay. Perfect. My, my senses were about me with that statement. I also wrote, I don't know why I was thinking of it, but remember how many songs we'd play in an offshore descent set? All of them. Yeah. We, <laughs> we would, we would Our discography. fully run through the discography every time. I think because I realized, like, I felt like I was listening to this album for a long time, and then it was, it's a 35-minute album, and there were still, like, two tracks left, and I was like, Jesus, because we would play, like, once we got to, like, got to the level, once we, like, had a 30-minute set, like, I feel like it took us a couple shows to, to earn that length of set time, but we were like, oh, sick, now we have to fill 30 minutes. But, like, really, that's, like, supposed to include, like, setup and breakdown. And, like, it's, like, kind of rude, I think. At, like, if there's, like, more than four bands on a show, it's, like, disrespectful to play more than, like, four or five songs, honestly. Right. But we would fully play, like, 11, 12. Like, we'd play all of our we songs. We didn't even have time. 12 songs. We'd play, like, eight. But they were all, like, minute and 50 <laughs> rippers. Yeah, yeah. So we were we definitely played a thirty-five minute set, but then also like uh, like fifteen minutes of that was song. Yeah, I remember one time that like 
there was like one of those situations where there's like a talented touring band coming through that I feel like we played after them just because we were like it was like home field kind of thing. Right. But um, I remember one of like somebody from that band came up to me after and was like, "Man, like how many songs did you play during that set?" And I was like, "I I think like ten. And he was like, oh, okay. And I, like, thought that he was, like, thought it was cool that we had that many songs or, like, thought it was cool how long we were playing for or Just something. Pissed. But, Just like, pissed that he had to stand yeah, there. Yeah, in hindsight, he was, like, bummed that he had to, like, be, like, a team player and hang out to watch the the local band, like, right. play a 35-minute set after him. Also, that place was, like, the wild, wild west while we were playing there. It was, like... Yeah. There was no set time for anybody. You just like showed up there and like rock, paper, scissored for who was playing. Yeah, basically. There was no billing. Money. Like No. <laughs> um On the record after this one that we're talking about right now, mm-hmm. the vocalist definitely was produced less. And yeah. he is just yelling the entire record. <laughs> That's There's, funny. He's a good singer. So, uh-huh. um, it's weird that he just does it, but maybe he just like likes the sound of it better. Maybe. Yeah, like he, I feel that. I don't know how uninformed this is, but on mm-hmm. the unfamiliar, the record that we're talking about today, right? A couple of times, I have. I don't know how Nolan from the Fairview actually sounds while singing, but I feel like uh, uh-huh. the few times I've heard him sing, I feel like he sounds yeah. like the guy on that record. I could picture that. Now, now the, I'm no longer listening to the album, so I already can't picture it anymore. But <laughs> right, I, I I feel the the statement. Uh, yeah. This, I don't know, it's it's hard to say more about this record, because yeah. I feel like at this point I'm just like gushing about it. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I really enjoy it. I've listened to this record, I don't know, 50 times, top to bottom, I think. Yeah. Because I used to drive from Taunton to Norwood every day. That's a while, right? Right, it's at least 35 minutes. I could listen to this record twice on my drive uh-huh. there. So That's a, <laughs> that's crazy. So sometimes I'd listen to it twice on the way there, and then if I was feeling it when I was on my way home, I'd listen to it. So I was listening to it like four times a day for like a couple of months. Yeah, yeah, that's so wild. I know like the, the album Inside and Out, and uh-huh. while it does have its like goofier sections where you're like, oh, this is like kind of... You know, mm-hmm. but they nail the like, um, the like poppy chorus and like, yeah, but like also like driving totally like when the chorus happens, like it just feels like a, like a release. Like they do like the tension and release thing really good. Very much so. So I think, I, um, I know it's kind of bad to say at the end of an episode, but, like, uh-huh. this record is definitely for, like, fans of, uh, like, sad boy pop punk bands. So, like, the story so far, Real Friends, uh-huh. uh, like, those kind of bands. But right. also, if you just like 
like alternative rock music or like pop rock music. Like if you came from an uh-huh. area where you were listening to like Mayday Parade and The Main and like All Time Low, there's mm-hmm. there's something here for that type of listener too. Yeah, I think a and at this point I don't know why you would just now be moving on from Mayday Parade to a little bit heavier thing. Right. But it's a good first step. Uh, if, if you're making that leap now, it's, this is a good place to go. <laughs> right. Like, if you were one of the people that were like, oh, I don't know. I like, I like, I listen to the main and Mayday Parade, but like, I don't really want to listen to anything else. Uh, I guess I'll just uh-huh. listen to radio music now. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, you know, this this record would be a good place to start because it definitely has like it has the poppy hooks right and some some uh some cool guitar stuff too uh i would say that this record lands on like the uh the emo side of pop punk yeah but also it has its fair share of like fast parts definitely like a like i was saying like the counterparts kind of like Right, like riffing and yeah, just ripping. Mm-hmm. We are kind of, you know, we lost, we dropped a call once or twice in this episode, but we're kind of coming towards the end here. Yeah, we're about wrapping up. Um, so I gave you this record, so you're gonna give me one. Yeah, I am, and I realized, <laughs> I realized like two or three minutes ago that I there was my turn to give you one. And you didn't have one ready. This has happened to me a couple of I'd- times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so while you were saying all that stuff about who, who they're like, and who, who do you move to this band from and stuff, I was just looking at like my uh, my Spotify, who I've been listening to. Yep. Um. So, let's see. I think that I want to give you, since you're you're off limits of giving me some heavy stuff for a little bit. I figured I'd I'd toss a, a little. Uh, I was. I think just the. <laughs> I mean, if you want to give me heavy stuff, that's up to you. But I feel like uh-huh. the podcast as a whole should be off limits from doing heavy stuff for a second. Okay. Since you say that, then I, I'll switch my choice very quickly. Everybody to... everybody that's listening that was expect, hoping for a heavy album next is like, what the fuck, bro? Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. To take a hard turn, let's do... Um, well first i was gonna say our second rap album and then i kind of took that back to maybe our first rap album because childish gambino wasn't really a rap album yeah that was like an r&b album at most yeah but as i kind of said in that episode and other episodes i talked about this one a lot actually and it won the grammy for best rap album which was then um sort of poo-pooed by Tyler the Creator himself as a backhanded compliment because he just thinks that this is a pop album. Interesting. Uh, it's it's Igor. Uh, came out last summer. Tyler the Creator, his newest album. Uh, yeah. So I listened to this a lot last summer, um, and I think it's really good and really cool, and you can read a lot into it, or it just stands alone as like a cool-sounding album. Yeah, I think uh, I think the coolest part about the album that you just gave me, uh, I haven't heard it, but it's just mm-hmm. how every time Tyler the Creator performs, 
uh, he has a uh, a blonde wig on, <laughs> yeah. and I think that's that's pretty funny, dude. I love the bit. It's just such like a just so committed, the pink like suit. just a character, yeah, and just like so goofy, but like he's really performing his heart out, but like it. And I feel like I'll I'll definitely say it again on the episode where we talk about it. But I have said it a bunch in the past on different episodes, like talking about different artists too. Like it's like he's like just self conscious enough, really bearing his soul, that he has right. to put on a costume to be like, okay, like don't take me too seriously though. Like right, because at the at the heart of everything, he is a goofball. Right. Exactly. So, like all yeah, of his think... rap lyrics from like 2009 are some of the goofiest things I've ever heard. Uh huh. Yeah. So, fully. Yeah. I think there's a lot to a lot to talk about on on this album and Tyler the Creator in general on the the next step. For sure. And uh, so you know, coming to the end of an episode. So do all the things. Do all the regular things. Subscribe. Yeah. Uh, if you're not subscribed yeah. yet, uh, go tell a friend. You know, trying to get these listens up, even though nobody listens to this music podcast. Uh, yeah. Still trying to get these these listens up. Uh, so, you know, subscribe, tell your friends, leave a review. Uh, mm-hmm. Actually, I haven't checked the reviews in a while. I'll see if we got a new one real quick while I'm talking. Yeah. Uh, you know, leave a review, and if you do, uh, if you put an album in there, who knows? We might actually... Uh, listen to it we could oh hey you'll never guess it but fucking monahan's back at it again hey <laughs> all right let's hear it <sighs> uh jesus christ man <laughs> that guy dude uh <laughs> viagra is obsolete now Mm, mm. <laughs> Viagra is obsolete now for me. My pants are bursting at the seams. Uh, throw That's me around so whatever it. Uh, throw me around uh, whatever it feels profound. I don't know. It seems like a song lyric or something. Okay. Uh, but he says, "I got an erection. It won't quit. Uh, I need, I need God now." Yeah, there it is. Oh. <laughs> oh, and then he says, "I need Nilt Gang." Oh, I need Nilt. <laughs> I need Nilt now. I'm assuming that's no one's listening to. Yep. Uh, and then it's hashtag Stiff Gang. Dope, dude. What a good. He's he is such a wordsmith. You know, Ryan. It's he can really string together. That was so many thoughts, and kind of all separate. But it's all you know. It's it's he's a good hype man. It's you know. At least he didn't just call me straight up ugly in that one. <laughs> you know, I like, I like how I kind of forgot that's what he did before, but like it's definitely sticking with you. <laughs> it's just a funny bit that I do like a radio show, and he said that that's probably where I should keep it. Yeah, <laughs> um, a real, a real good, you know, stick to your day job kind of, kind of <laughs> make, making sure that like. He, I know that this is as far as this will ever go. Yeah, hey man, do not <laughs> add a video con, uh, <laughs> you know, a video part. I to can this. almost guarantee that there will most likely never be a video version of this podcast because I was looking at myself in my camera and I uh-huh. look like a blob, dude. I look like <laughs> a fucking 
a full-size rotisserie chicken sitting in this seat. Uh-huh. <laughs> Just all sacked out. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, leave a review like that. It, I feel like it's fine mm-hmm. if it's about erections. Uh, yeah. I'm not going to seek uh, monetization of any sort on these episodes. Uh, no, I think that ship has sailed. <laughs> I, I really do. Um, I'm never going to be president, that's for sure. No, and who, you know, who wants to be, though, you know? Um, <clears throat> but, you know, normally I give a piece of advice at the end of these, and I was just talking with yep. Eric before before the re- we were recording, a little peek behind the curtain. Yeah. I've been making my own cold brew recently. Yes. Hey, guess what cold brew is cheaper than, Eric? Uh, coffee. Bo- than buying coffee every day, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Perfect, cool. <laughs> um... You know, you just so there's a few ways you can do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could, I could tell you the really long way to do it, but I could also tell mm-hmm. you that on Amazon they sell this like glass carafe with an infuser in it. Yeah, just a kit, basically. Yeah, you just put some coffee in the thing, and then you just put the thing mm-hmm. uh, into the water, and then it just yeah infuses for like a while. And I've been leaving it for like 24 hours. That's yeah, I think. You know, to not to not to you know sidetrack us, keep us going forever here. You know, we're almost uh, bumping up on fifty-five minutes an hour, I think. But a couple years ago, uh, you know, when I would say uh, the the cold brew craze first hit, we're talking like twenty fourteen here. I I did it in like a mason jar with just loose grounds, I think, and then like did a whole process of like that is a sifting with filters and. Yeah, all that stuff, uh, and it came out really good. But that I think that's the only time I I ever made it. Still, yeah, you can do it the way where you put all the grounds in the big mason jar with the water, and then you like yep. pour it through a coffee filter after. Yeah, yeah, and then like it sifts everything out. Still gonna be a little bit of sediment, but that's with any coffee, really. You know, you're fine. It's all it's earth. It's the earth. You just yeah, it's, it's, it's all you get a little fiber in your diet. You're all good. Yeah, <laughs> it's all good. Not gonna die. No, it's probably good. not from it's coffee. Good. At least, no. <laughs> the other drugs you're doing, who knows? Yeah, who knows what happens after you drink the coffee? Um, I don't know. But yeah, I don't know. It's. I thought it was harder than it was, and then I got the infuser, mm-hmm. and then it was super easy. So just like do that, and also you can make uh, for uh, the non-coffee drinkers on this uh, episode. Yep. You could. You can make cucumber water, which I'm told uh, is really good for you. Just infused water kind of thing. Yeah, just I'll never drink cucumber water, but like if, <laughs> if that's something you want to yeah, do. Yeah, I don't, I don't like cucumber flavored stuff. It's like weird. It's, so I don't like it. Cucumber is just uh, a water vegetable. Yeah. So like, putting yeah. cucumber in water makes <laughs> no sense to me. Because when you eat cucumber, you're like, oh, this is fun, fibrous water. That's like uh-huh. if I was like to make celery water. <laughs> Very much so. Yeah, just a you get a weird veggie taste, but basically mostly water. Yeah, I don't know. I but I hear people put lemons in it too, and that's that does something. I like the lemon by itself. Yeah, lemon infused water. Old old good. school. Just yeah, toss a lemon in it. Oh yeah, I'll have water with lemon. Also, hey, when they do like lotion that's cucumber melon, stop. <laughs> Yeah, we're fine. Make it melon. We're good with cucumber stuff. Yeah. Make it melon. Don't make it cucumber melon. 
It's like it's like when you do the water, the lemon takes away the cucumber taste, but you still get whatever nutrient. But when it's a lotion, there's not actual any vegetables in it. So it's like you're just you just don't put the cucumber in because you don't need it. Right. Um But yeah, that was the dumb tangent for the end of this episode. Um Again, trying to do more user submitted episodes, so yeah. let us know. We've got a couple here and there, but it's mostly just Eric's mom a lot, so <laughs> Yeah. Um you know, big supporter of the podcast. Yep. Uh, shout out. Couldn't shout out couldn't my ask mom. for anything more. Mm-hmm. Uh I don't think my mom listens to it. I'm not too sure. My, Guess we'll find out. Not too sure. We'll see if she... my mom knows how to use uh, any sort of podcast app. If I'm being real honest, uh, <laughs> that's so mom, dude. My, I told my dad about the podcast the other day, and he goes, "Where do you get that? You get that on YouTube?" And I'm like, "That's actually the only platform we're not on." Yeah, I, I've gotten that a few times too. That that we should just put it on YouTube, and uh, have yet to do it. Maybe it'll end up there eventually. Yeah, maybe it would take like a couple hours to set up. It, not only would it take a couple hours to set up, but uh, I don't know. Can, we'll talk logistics after. Who knows? Maybe they'll be on YouTube. Yeah. Everybody that keeps asking me if my fucking podcast is on YouTube. It's not. It's on the fucking native app on your phone. Yeah, it's already. You have it. <laughs> Learn how to use your phone for 10 seconds. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Christ. All right. That's enough. <laughs> Getting That's angry it. now. We got to get out of here. Getting real. Peeved. Uh-huh. Anyways, uh, yeah, this has been the Nobody's Listening to This Music Podcast podcast. I'm Andrew. I'm Eric. And uh, that's about it. It's absolutely later. Yeah, that's it. Bye.